Good morning, Brookview. So I did video announcements last Sunday and when I ended them, I said, see you next Sunday. So like you are seeing me, but we're not back with you. I totally forgot that we get to be in Oregon this weekend watching Brooklyn play some basketball. Um, and so I have announcements for you from where I'm at right now. And they are this, we are still looking for coaches and assistant coaches and all sorts of help with our soccer club that is August 7th through the 11th. And in fact, this Sunday is kind of the cutoff date for when I need to know how many coaches and assistants I have because I'm gonna start kind of putting everything together. And so if you might be available to help with that, would you please sign up? And the way that you do that is by filling out your Connect card. And those are on the seat um, this morning where you're sitting. Or if you are watching from online, you can go to brookviewchurch.com forward slash contact. And there's a Connect card online as well. Those are all the announcements that I have. Annie is um, here today as a guest speaker. And so Annie, thank you for being here. And I can't wait to hear the service online. Have a great rest of your week. Oh my gosh, I love that girl so much. Oh, I'm so grateful to, I'm like, I'm so grateful for you, Jen. Um, I'm so grateful for Jason and Jen and inviting me to be with you all. I love Brookview so much. It's ridiculous. Um, I, as soon as they ask me, I think I share this every time, but I need to tell you, as soon as they ask me to come, I start praying for you. And I start asking God for his heart for you. And um, as, a, as the weeks get closer to me coming to share what God might have, um, I like, it's so silly, it's so embarrassing, but I see your faces. Even though I don't know your faces, like I see your faces. And not only that, I see like God's passionate love for you. And it's, it's very um, compelling. It's very orienting. It, it helps me keep doing what I'm doing. So um, yeah, I'll just do a little introduction. Thank you again, Jason and Jen. It's funny, we were talking, like we kind of switched places, like I'm, drove up from Portland this morning. They drove down to Portland, I think yesterday maybe. Um, so we just kind of switched places. Next time, if they're watching, we should trade houses. And I should get, I, right? That's a thing, right? The swapping houses. So I should bring my whole family, which they're hiking today. I begged them. I was like, please come. They're like, oh, we're going to go and hike. Um, so yeah, we should do that. So my name's Annie Bencheu. I am ordained <laughs> that's new, um, minister with the yeah. Christian Missionary Alliance. I know, I know. I, I've been consecrated for quite some time, but um, yeah, we'll get into some exciting things about that. Um, but um, if you haven't met me, which a lot of you have said, hey, I heard you speak last time, or I heard you speak you know, a few times, I've just loved sharing parts of my story and parts of um, what God has done in my life and parts of and whatever scripture that Jason asked me to share from, and today he was like, whatever you want. So I've had such an interesting last month or so, and God really took me to um, Psalm 139, and so that's what I get to share with you today. Um, but in my intro for myself, I'm a former youth ministry coach, I'm a former associate pastor, and I'm a former youth pastor, um, but I'm still a discipler, and I'm, I'm kind of a traveling preacher. I have a lot of preaching gigs coming up, so I'm like, uh... I guess God still has me in the game, um, but I'm currently unemployed. 
<laughs> so um, yeah, so kind of what's been going on for me is I was just realizing like I've had two highs and a low. And do you ever, do you resonate with that? Like things kind of like come and go that way. Two steps forward, one step back. Two truths and a lie. It's like a silly youth group game. But that's literally like I had two truths and then a lie. And it's just been kind of a weird season in my life because they came so quickly. Um, a few weeks ago, I was like on the top of the world. I was like, had two huge breakthroughs in my life. One at the general council when the CMA voted. And oh my goodness, you guys. The, so I've been consecrated and, and that's a process of, um, and this is, we're big tent theology. So if you are complementarian or egalitarian and if you don't know what those mean, that doesn't matter. Like we're all welcome in the family of God. We, we love each other. Uh, amen, thank you. Um, and so, but they voted on changing the title to ordained and consecrated for both men and women, which is a huge deal because we do the same work. Um, so that's really cool. I know, I know. But what, I have to tell you just this brief moment of what happened on council floor with this, this you know, this is the whole nation of, of churches. Um, the lead pastors in the room, the men that took the mic and spoke about their sisters in Christ that are doing the work of, of shepherding and pastoring was stunning. It was, it was life-giving. It was, God, God gave that to us in a beautiful way. And then we were, you know, together and we got to like, pray with each other and cry with each other and um, all, the, all the women that I know that are also, you know, pastoring and, and some consecrated. Um, it was so exciting. And it was literally like we had a group text going and I was like, I can do anything. Like, <laughs> it was kind of that silly. Like that's how elated it was. Um, and then that same week I had a prayer for healing. And some of you know my story and my journey with struggle with addiction. And I had a huge breakthrough of healing in the last couple weeks. And I, I met with my spiritual director, huge breakthrough, like <sighs> praising God, looking, looking for this for 30 years. Like this is like a huge breakthrough where he did, he shifted, he showed, he, it was amazing. Um, and I met with my spiritual director and she was like, enjoy this moment. Boy, was she right. Enjoy this moment. God is showing you how much he loves you. God is showing you how dear you are to him. God is giving you this gift. And she said, because most of life, <laughs> a little prophetic, annoyingly, most of life is like digging in sand. <laughs> and it's, and I, I don't know if any of you have ever hiked, uh, I climbed Mount St. Helens. And if you've ever done Mount St. Helens specifically, the top section is like all ash and sand. And so you're like, step slide, step slide, step slide, step slide, and you feel like you're going crazy um, because you're not getting very far, like an inch at a time. And so she, she kind of described like, that's normal life. <laughs> and I was like, oh, she's so silly. And just spent like a week just really relishing in God's love and journaling about God's love, which she encouraged me to do. And then the, the low happened, the two highs and a low. Um, budget cuts. So we, our team at Alliance Northwest had been discerning budget with the district leadership team for a while, and, and I was told, in my opinion, quite, and in my experience, quite abruptly, oh, your position's being cut. Um, not that youth pastors are still being taken care of by the amazing Hannah Cockrum. If you don't know her, she's amazing, and she did it before me, so I'm super excited about that. But budget cuts means I'm unemployed. Um, and like I said, the day of the news, I 
one of my coworkers actually led us through Psalm 139, and I felt so, well, a lot of things. I felt so lost, so abandoned, so, um, like, I didn't, I thought, God, I thought we were going this way. I thought this was the trajectory, and it was like, oh, I guess not. I don't know. Like, I have to, I'm still processing, but when I dug in, so I was like, okay, Psalm, thir- Psalm 139 was given to me, so I w- started digging into Psalm 139 and was like, okay, your hand holds me. Your hand holds me. Just like my spiritual director said, um, life is up and down. And so we're going to get into it, but I'm going to pray, and then I'm going to ask Benny, but I'm going to pray first, and then Benny's going to come up and read the whole of Psalm 139 for me. Um, Lord, thank you so much. (laughs) Thank you so much for your dear people that you love, your holy called dear people here at Brookview Church that you love so much. God, thank you that um, you've given them this place, this space of worship. Thank you that you've given Jason and Jen a break. Thank you, God, be with Brooklyn as she plays. I love that kid. I mean, she's practically grown. And and we just pray um, your peace and your blessing on them. And then, God, would you just bring your spirit We know your presence is everywhere, and we just ask for each person here to sense your presence, to sense your words. God, would you remove any extra, any fluff from my my lips and bring your word through me? Thank you, God, for doing that. Thank you for the miracle of of how you work with us. God, we just pray um, for your voice and that we would hear you and that we would listen. We would get what you have for us. In Jesus' name, amen. Benny, if you don't mind, thank you so much. Appreciate you. This is how it begins. I uh, play piano, and now I'm not going to. Can you this down well, a little bit? Yeah. Um, bear with me. No. Oh. You have searched me, Lord, and you know me. You know when I sit and when I rise. You perceive my thoughts from afar. You discern my going and and my out. Turn my going out and my lying down. You are familiar with all my ways. Before a word is on my tongue, you, Lord, know it completely. Mm. You hem me in behind and before, and you lay your hand upon me. Such knowledge is too wonderful for me, too lofty for me to attain it. Where can I go from your spirit, mm. your spirit? Where can I flee from your presence? If I go up to heaven, to the heavens, you are there. If I make my bed in the depths, you are there. If I rise on the wings of the dawn, Settle on the far side of the sea, even there your hand will guide me. Your right hand will hold me fast. If I say, surely the darkness will hide me, and the light become night around me, even the darkness will not be dark to you. Mm. The night will shine like the day, for darkness is as light to you. For you created my inmost being. You knit me together in my mother's womb. I praise you because I am fearfully and wonderfully made. Your works are wonderful, and I know that full well. Fame was not hidden from you. When I was made in the secret place, when I was woven together in the depths of the earth, your eyes saw my unformed body. All the days ordained for me were written in your book, and before one of them came to be. How precious to me are your thoughts, God. How vast is the sum of them. Where were I to count them, they would outnumber the grains of sand. When I wake when I awake, I am still with you. If only you, God, would you slay the wicked. Away from me, you who are bloodthirsty. They speak of you with evil intent. Your adversaries misuse your name. Do I not hate those who hate you, Lord? And 
abhor those who are in rebellion against you. I have nothing but hatred for them. I count them my enemies. Search me, God, and know my heart. Test me and know my anxious thoughts. See if there is any offensive way in me and lead me in the way everlasting. Amen. Thank you so much. Thank you, thank you. Thank Benny for me. He's a real trooper. He's a real sport. I was like, please, will you read this? And it's a doozy. Oh, but some of you are familiar, and some of you have, have let that psalm comfort you. Um, but we're going to get into a little bit of just David. Man. Um, yeah. Well, first, notice your feelings, if you had any, while that psalm was read. Just kind of note them for yourself. Like, kind of put a pin on them um, so you remember that uh, as we get to the end today. Um, but David, I have always loved David. I came to faith, some of you know, um, later, so, sort of later. I was 18. So that's um, later than a lot of my friends. But I wanted to be like David. I, I heard about David, and the phrase that caught me was a man after God's own heart. That was the phrase that caught me about David, that I was like, what does that mean? I want to be that. Like, I, I felt the love of God so much that I was like, I think God's heart is, like, amazing. <laughs> so I want to be someone who's after his heart. I want to be like David. And David was not without faults, as we know. And David was really, I think, dramatic. Like, totally. <laughs> Drama queen. Completely. <laughs> He really was. He's not a theologian. He's not. He's a, what is he? He's a king. He's a, um, he's a shepherd. He's, what's that? He's a soldier. He's a harpist. He's a slingshot boy. Yeah. Yeah, he's a poet. Yeah, he's the, all those things, but he's not a theologian. But theologians have studied this psalm to death. <laughs> And, it, and it's beautiful, and they've intellectualized it in such an, an incredible way, and this psalm is about the omni-stuff of God, the incommunicable attributes of God, and it's broken into three sections where, where David outlines beautifully and poetically that God is all omniscient, om, omnipresent, and omnipotent in that order. Omniscient, he knows everything. He's omnipresent, he's everywhere, and he's omnipotent. He is immense power, all the power. Um, so that's what the theologians will tell you, and they will you know, dissect it, and, and we'll look into it. But that's, that's I, I kind of felt like, you know what, I'm going to go with this David style. Because <laughs> um, David, I think David and the Holy Spirit, as he's writing this poem, um, which, you know, Holy Spirit, Trinity, yeah. So as he's writing this poem and this psalm to God, is, is um, riding the waves of his, uh, it doesn't have to be emotion, it could be attitude, framework, frame of mind, whatever he's sensing, um, as, as artists do, right? If you're an artist, you kind of are like, yeah, I get that. Um, so David, this is where I think that we're going to go with this. He felt exposed. That's God, God knowing everything. He felt exposed. He had a yikes moment in this psalm. He then tried to escape. Um, that's when he talks about God's omnipresence, that he's present everywhere. And then, he, and then it turns a little bit, and he gives God credit. And that's when he talks about his all-powerfulness. 
And then he turns into defense, that, that awkward spot when Benny, poor Benny, had to read that, I hate everybody, which, which is hard. It's a hard piece of scripture to, to wrestle with, but he starts to defend God there. And then he, those last two verses, settles into aligning with God again. Um, it's, it's so beautiful. And so we're going to go that route as we look at this psalm, getting first into exposed Um, really, this is God knowing us better than we know ourselves, which is quite vulnerable. (laughs) I don't know if you've ever had a friend, a good friend, tell you something about yourself that you didn't know. I had a friend in the last year tell me, hey, Annie, you always bite your lip anytime you are really concentrating or doing something difficult. And I was like, no, I don't. (laughs) And then sure enough, that day, I felt it. Like, I was like, oh my gosh, I didn't even know that that's what, that was my tendency or that was something that I do. And a good friend for, I don't know, 15 years was like, did you know you do this? And it was like benign, but sometimes it's not, (laughs) which is really hard. Um, But God knows our daily tendencies. He knows our events. He knows that I got up at I shouldn't tell you, 4.15 this morning to get ready and then drive up here to Linwood, Briar. Yes, um, that he knows, like, you know, that he, he not only knows it, he knows it before I know that I'm going to do it. He knew that Jason Huguenin was going to ask me to come here before Jason knew he was going to ask me to come here, right? Like, that's mind-blowing. David, you, you searched me, Lord, and you know me. You know when I sit and when I rise. You perceive my thoughts from afar. You don't even have to be close to me. You can see me. You discern my going out and my lying down. You're familiar with all my ways. Before a word is on my tongue, Lord, you know it completely. You hem me in behind and before, and you lay your hand on me. In Hebrew, that phrase is even, lay your hand on me. I don't know how you feel about that. Some people like it, some people don't. But in Hebrew, it's a, it's a ver- the texture of the way they describe it is like, it's a little heavy. <laughs> It's a little heavy-handed to have the hand of God on you, right? And David kind of works himself up in this tizzy, basically, I think, in verse 1, verse 2, verse 3, verse 4, verse verse 5. He's like, you hem me in behind and before me, and you lay your hand upon me. Can you imagine, like, some babies like to be swaddled? They're like, oh, yeah, I love to be hemmed in before and behind and lay my hand on. And then some babies are like, get it off me. Like, I can't stand that thing. I think David, in his emotion and his passion and his artistry of this psalm, turns that corner into a major yikes. And he says, verse 6, such knowledge is too wonderful for me, too lofty for me to attain. Uh, it's, in the English, that sounds positive. Um, and I don't know, maybe that's there. But a little bit, it's like, this is too much for me. I am feeling very exposed. It's too wondrous. It's too, it's too far out there. I can't grab it. Like, it's blowing my mind. I'm freaking out. I'm reeling. I'm reeling about this truth, that you know me and that you know the words before I know I'm going to say them. You know, they're, you know they're there. You know they're there. Does that, does that remind anybody of Isaiah who like, uh, had to burn his lips with the coal because he knew how unclean his lips were? Like the terrible things I've said, you knew them before I even thought of them, right? Oh, Lord, have mercy. 
It's too much for me. It's too wonderful for me. It's too lofty for me to attain. And so that yikes kind of gets us. So that, that first chunk was one through five. It's omniscient. He knows everything. He knows everything about me, everything. And then that yikes happens. And then he goes to escape. And he talks about the omnipresence of God. Where can I go from your spirit? Where can I flee from your presence? If I go up to the heavens, you are there. If I make my bed in the depths, you are there. If I rise on the wings of the dawn, if I settle on the far side of the sea, he's like, you are everywhere. And that, that verse 7, Jonah echoes that. If you know Jonah in verse 1, 2, verse 2, he says, I got to get out of your presence. I got to get away from you, Lord. I don't want to, if you know the story, I don't want to go do what you said to do. I, I hate those guys. I don't want to do that. And I know that you're kind and forgiving. You're going to probably forgive them. And then all those, <laughs> I just had in my mind, do you, did anybody watch VeggieTales, Jonah? The fish slappers? The Ninevites were the fish slappers? I hate those fish slappers. It's so silly. I know, I love it. It just popped into my head. So, so when I go up to the heavens, that's the stars, right? That's, that's the place of the heavens. And when I go down to the depths, that's Sheol, the word is Sheol, which is like the grave or death. Um, and then if I go to the, far, uh, the wings of the dawn, that's the east. That's the sunrise. And if I go to the far side of the sea from Israel, that's the west, right? So he's saying, I can't get away from you at all. Like, you are everywhere, and I can't stand it. Um, yeah. The word presence in verse 7 is also the Hebrew word for face. It's, where can I flee from your face? And the idea is not that God is um, ethereal and spread out along everything. It's that his whole presence, his face, is everywhere. I don't want to freak you out, but if, <laughs> but if you've ever been to like a, like a carnival, like fun house, and you've seen the mirrors of all, it's, it's every scary movie has a carnival fun house with mirrors, that's God's face everywhere, 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 everywhere. That's like God's face. Like he is literally everywhere and not just, he's not bound by time. He's not, he knows everything about you, past, present, and future. He knows we have a slice of information. He knows the whole picture. He sees the whole thing, and his presence is everywhere. And David, David does such a poetic job of, of outlining that. And then the sweet verse in 10, even there your hand will guide me. Your right hand will hold me fast. You can hear the softness in that a little bit. Like he's like, I think he's a little panicked, 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 and he's like, oh, but right, if I go far west, far east, far up, far down, your hand is there. And then, he said, and then he turns the corner again. It's just like a whiplash in this psalm. He turns the corner again and says, Even the darkness, surely the darkness will hide me, and the light will become night around me. Even the darkness will not be dark to you. The night will shine like the day, for darkness is as light to you. So darkness in the psalms is like suffering. It's like um, pain, sickness, um, just really horrific circumstances. So... If you want to run to darkness to get away from God, that sounds really scary, right? But when we're going through those dark times, 
when we get the news that we that we have that we're in transition. Yeah, you're in transition. Um, when you get the news that you're in transition, um, that might feel like a dark time, but the darkness is as light to God. So we can't even hide from God in the darkness. Uh, as as somebody who's struggled with addiction, I think I think that's one pathway of darkness. Like if I can run from God, I'll run to this. I'll run from God to this, and that's like even there, His light. His light is right there. His face is right there. His presence is right there. He knows everything. Yeah, amen. It's so good. It's so good. We can't even run. We can't even hide. Which is awkward and wonderful at the same time. It's really hard, especially in our culture. Like, we want to be free. We want to have our own ideas. We want to have our own identity. We want to have our own. We want to say what we are, do, be. I do, t- I do too. You bet I applied for seven jobs the next day. You bet I did. <laughs> that is Annie Bencheu trying to be in control. Um, my friend said, it's okay. It's just what you're doing to cope. <laughs> oh, So, yeah, we want to be independent, and we want to be our own person. Um, but then, oh, this is the sweet, sweet, sweet part of the psalm. David turns the corner again. And he gives God credit. Um, oh, I want to say about escaping God's presence. I didn't turn my notes. Does anybody have a ring camera in their, on their house? Yeah, you guys do. You do. You totally do. Come on. Um, that's not like God, but kind of like God. Like, my sister has, like, 12. And I watch her dog for her sometimes. And I'm not, I love dogs. I mean, I love dogs. I'll borrow your dog and take them to the beach. I love that. But I'm not like a dog person. So when I watch her dog, I'm like, oh, come on, Willie. Come on, Willie. Here's your food, Willie. Um, I hope she's not watching this. <laughs> because on her ring, I'm like, oh, Willie. Because <laughs> they can hear everything. Those rings pick up everything for like two minutes. So just so you know, public service announcement, if you're walking up to a house with a circle above it, they can hear you say, I hope they don't serve lasagna. Like, they can hear you say that. (laughs) They really can. So, yeah. Now I'll go to the the credit that David moves into. The credit he moves into for God. For you created my inmost being. This is the omnipotent. This is God's power. I don't have the power to create myself. I know that. I wasn't there when I was formed. I didn't get to say how I was created, where I was created, whose womb I was created in. I didn't get to say. God was there. God, God, had, God gets the credit. For you created my inmost being. You knit me together in my mother's womb, and I praise you because I'm fearfully and wonderfully made. Your works are wonderful. I know that full well. My frame was not hidden from you when I was made in the secret place. When I was woven together in the depths of the earth, you saw my unformed body and all, so good, we have to say it really slowly, all the days ordained for me were written in your book. What? Before one of them came to be. How precious. He's really settling in. He freaked out. He wanted to escape, and now he's really settling in. How precious are are your thoughts of me, God, and how vast is the sum of them? Were I to count them, they would outnumber the grains of sand. Um, so sweet. He is ordained every day. He, he's, David's giving God credit for the creation of his soul and his body. When he says, oh, where'd it go? 
you created my inmost being, that's his soul. You created my inner thoughts and feelings and all the things that make up my soul. And then you knit my body together. Um, that word ordained, <laughs> that's funny, I just shared with you. Ordination, yay. Um, which you're all ordained ministers of the gospel, just so you know. So go and share with everyone the good news of Jesus. Amen. That was a side sermon in the middle of my sermon. Um, but that word ordained is a funny one. Nobody can ordain your day. Now, parents, I know that we think that we can. We think that, right? I know some laughs because we think we can ordain people's days. And if my children are watching, I, I'm the only exception. I can ordain your days. <laughs> I'm sorry. <laughs> but our parents can't even ordain our days. Like, we, we, you know, we make a list. Like, do this, do that, do this, do that. Make this phone call. Mine are all launching. So I'm like, get this interview, go to this, wear this outfit, da-da-da-da-da. Um, try not to be a helicopter parent even as they're launching into adulthood. But God ordained every day, written in, a, in his book. And how much I can settle into that, like how comforting and reassuring that is for me that I don't have to apply for seven jobs day one. Like I don't, I don't have to... Um, find my own way or figure my own thing out or, or scramble, scramble, scramble. Like I can relax into his provision of him ordaining my day, right? And then this last uh, verse in this section, verse 18, when I'm awake, I am still with you. Now, Hebrew poetic scholars say that this is the climax. That one line um, you, you might see it in your Bibles. There's like a dash and then a space, and then it says, when I awake, I am still with you. And so Hebrew poetic scholars say that this is the climax of the psalm, which puzzles people. It's like, why? Why is that the climax? We've already heard he's, a, he's there when we're awake and he's there when we're asleep, or he's, you know, he knows when we're awake and he knows when we're asleep, so why is this the climax of the psalm? Um, I think it's really important for this line as we get into the rest of it that David is saying, um, if you look in Psalm 17, it, he also talks about awakeness in regards to death. He is alluding to God is giving him the wisdom of resurrection. It, God is light in the darkness, and he's resurrection in death, and that is just true. That is just who he is, who he is for all of us, who he is. And so he says, when I'm awake, I'm still with you. Um, Jesus shows it, which David didn't have the benefit of seeing Jesus, right? Uh, like in his human self. He's with him now. <laughs> Newsflash, spoiler, David's with Jesus right now. Um, uh, yeah. <laughs> um, but Jesus in Mark 5 and a couple other places that outlines the story, you probably know it, when the girl was dead and, and they asked him to come, and he got distracted, and he healed some people. He was super busy healing everybody because he's amazing and omnipotent. And he goes to this room, and he says to this little girl, he tells everybody, don't worry, don't freak out. And he, and he touches her, touches this dead girl, um, which is bad, but side note, by the way. Um, and he touches her, and he says, hey, little girl, get up. It's as if waking her up from sleep. It's as if we woke up any of our children this morning and said, hey, it's time to wake up, sweetie. Talithia kum. That's what he says. And it's, it's a very diminutive, like, little sweetie. Like, little girl, wake up. Get up. And she does. Oh, sorry. It's, it's as if, <laughs> and we know this is true, it's as if 
Jesus can reach into death and resurrect us to life. Amen. That's what he does. That's what he does. So he, so David notes that in When I Awake, I'm Still With You, um, which I love because then he goes into this rage of defense. He's like so ragey. It's ridiculous. Um, if only you, God, would slay the wicked. Away from me, you who are bloodthirsty. They speak of you with evil intent and your adversaries misuse your name. I hate those who hate you, Lord. I abhor those who rebellion against you. I have nothing but hatred. He's like really going off. He's like soapbox, pretty mad, ragey, ragey. Um, but I think that that goodness of God that he just walked us through, like, like we're in God's hand. We're held by God. We're known by God. We're, we're rescued by God. We're awakened. We're resurrected by God. I think he gets, um, and the reason why, there's a cross up there. I think he gets a picture of like the defense that, need, that humans need. Because remember, oh, I'm so sorry about that. Remember, David is not perfect. And he's, I don't remember the timing of this, the psalm that's written right now and his big fall, but he's not perfect and he is ranting about wickedness. And don't we all have that <laughs> little bit of a blind side? Like, we all have that propensity, we all have that tendency. And, I'm so sorry. And, um, So David is ranting because that's the defense that Jesus offers. Jesus is the only defense. He teaches us that we love our enemies and that we bless those who curse us and that we pray for those who persecute us. That's what Jesus teaches. Turn our other cheek. Give, give our shirt if somebody needs it. Like that's, that's the, what Jesus, Jesus died on the cross praying for the people that persecuted him, that killed him, praying for his murderers really. Um, so David is, I feel like I'm, it's mixed. There's a mixed review on this section, but I feel like David is like defending God for his adversaries the way that Jesus steps in and takes care of. Like David shows a little, a little shadow of what Jesus is going to do later. I'm going to take my earring off just in case as we, we're, we're, we're about done. Um, so he has this, oh, it's so beautiful, right? Exposed, yikes, escape, credit, defend, and then align. And then he settles back in. And this is his poetic genius, right? Search me, God. That's how he started the psalm. Search me, Lord. And he changes to search me, God, and know my heart. It's as if he's saying, like, okay, okay, it's okay. Like, I feel safe with you. I feel like I can be known by you. I can trust you with what you know about me that I don't know about myself. I'm just waiting for cues for somebody to be like, Annie, take that one, do that. I'm good. Um, and see if there's any offensive way in me. I, oh, Lord, please. Because there are offensive ways in me. <laughs> so check my offensive ways and lead me in the way everlasting. That, um, when I, I was, this last week, my kids and I went to, my husband and my kids and I went to the Mary Hill Museum, and we got to see the Rodin, Rodin, he's French, I think, um, sculptor, a uh, bunch of his art, and he has a hand of God uh, sculpture. And Adam and Eve are in his hand. It's a big hand, and it's holding two little people, and it's stunning that we're held in God's hand. I don't know where that sits with you today. 
if you feel like suffocated by that or if you feel nurtured by that. I think, I think we probably as humans kind of vacillate between the two of those things. But for me, what I'm taking away is that no matter what my circumstances are, no matter what job I have, who, who I say who cares from here. <laughs> this is a safe place to say who cares. Um, no, God has ordained my days. So if you are lonely, no, his face is all around you. If you feel like you've lost purpose in life, no, this day is even ordained for you. I, I know it so clearly for each of your faces because I've been praying, that, praying for you and I've seen, I've seen that heart of God for each of you. Um, he's with you, he knows you. He loves you. He sent his son to deal with all of the missteps and all of the darkness and all of the hiding and all of the escaping and all of the rebellion. We have to oh, turn to Jesus. <laughs> Perfect ending. Let me pray. <laughs> God, thank you so much for your son. <laughs> That's coming too, but we'll wait for that for a minute. <laughs> oh, Lord. You're so good. You're so kind. You've ordained even that funny moment. Oh, thank you so much. Thank you for the worship. Thank you for these worshipers behind me. Thank you, God, for um, just the details that you care about. God, I just pray for each person here as they've um, listened, as they're thinking about this psalm. God, would you reveal to them in that secret space in them that's just you and them um, what you have for them? Um, God, we just pray for your, your words, your voice, your direction, your guidance, your gentleness, your salvation for every person in this room, that they would know exactly who you are and where they stand with you, and that they would feel safe, um, if not exposed, <laughs> uh, that they would feel safe in your hands. Thank you so much in Jesus' name. Amen.